This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. All right, let's review a week that was in Orchard Park, Buffalo Pills minicamp. Sal, would you say this was the most... I mean, definitely the most newsworthy Bills minicamp that we can remember, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I think so. Newsworthy for sure. I don't know about, you know, memorable. I'd have to go back. I think memorable ones are probably rookie quarterbacks when you're, like, watching Allen out there in 2018 or whatever. New guy comes to the team, those kinds of things. But um, I would say newsworthy for sure. Yeah. Um, so just kind of ask the open-ended question here. Um, Sal, do do we know exactly what the genesis of or what 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 Diggs's point was? Have we learned anything about that? Nope. Nobody really knows, guys. Um, we don't know what he was or is upset about. Um, this has been something that we knew that was possible for the last few months, just the way it had been percolating and brewing and innuendo and cryptic tweets and whatever. But um, until it really came to a head this week. Nobody even knew if he was actually upset about anything, but apparently he was. But I think that's still kind of the thing about it, which is all the talk and the focus has been on the response and McDermott's quote and then the coming up yesterday after the session and clarifying. And that's been the talk. But to me, the story is still, well, how did we get here in the first place? So knowing that he wasn't happy at the end of the season, and you have all of this time between January and minicamp. Should the Bills have done, or did they attempt to do more? Do we know? I mean, we heard rumors and reports that Josh Allen and Diggs did spend some time together in Maryland, but what do we know about that, Sal? Did, was there an effort made to try and, and get ahead of this in terms of managing Diggs's, Diggs's frustrations? Uh, we don't know. Um, all I can imagine is that they've spoken. I remember back in April that, you know, when, when we started um, off-season workouts, and I think if I remember correctly at that time, um, it was asked of McDermott if he had spoken to Stefani. He said yes, but he wouldn't elaborate, but nobody really knew. And then, you know, as far as, you know, Josh going down there, we know that he spoke with him. Josh said he spoke with him down in Maryland, and then he, um, at his, turn, at his uh, charity basketball event, Stefan's, and then he also said that he did have contact with him, maybe not as much as he normally would in the off-season. Um, so, I, I think whatever we would guess on that would be just that, guessing and speculation. But I have no reason to believe that the Bills and Stefan Diggs in some way, shape, or form didn't try to reach out or have contact. I mean, at the same time, though, 
if you don't know he's upset about something, I don't know what reason there would be, right? Does that make sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe there's maybe maybe there's just things like, yeah, yeah, well, he's, he's on Twitter and he's cryptic tweets, but unless they know, unless the agent or the Stefan says something to the Bills, I don't know if there's any reason to actually reach out and say, are you okay? So, Sal, I want to ask for your opinion on this. Um, from all angles, is this a healthy thing or no? Because you could say... Well, it's a healthy thing because you want to raise the bar here and you're trying to do what you can here. Maybe it's not the most, uh, you know, sometimes these things don't get in front uh, of public view. Others would say, well, no, to hold on to something like that when, you know, you need last year was last year. Let's kind of move on and work toward this year. What's your opinion on that? I don't think I can answer that unless I know what the thing is, right? I mean, unless we know what it is, because. It could be something that, yeah, it's healthy. Like, wow, he had some really good, valid points, and they needed to hash it out. Like, that would be healthy, and now they did, and they're all on the same page. It could also be that there's still some deep-rooted, you know, personal relationship stuff that hasn't been completely resolved in his own mind, and then it wouldn't be healthy, right? But, I mean, everything seems okay. Sean McDermott said that it's resolved. So whatever it is, it seems like they're on the same page, which I think that's good. As far as the health of being, I don't think it's ever healthy to have this particular situation i do think it can always be therapeutic and healthy to have uncomfortable conversations with people that you have to achieve the same goal with and i at least think that that's what happened here in some capacity hey sal okay let me kind of uh, position it a different way uh it it feels as if going into this season sean mcdermott has more pressure on him than any other nfl head coach and and this week certainly adds a little bit more pressure on the Buffalo Bills. Could that be viewed as healthy? I, I would ask you, pressure from whom and where? Uh, I, I think that the expectations last year were high. They fell short of those expectations, and now there's a, a different set of pressure from... And there, A lot of it might just be internally. Sean McDermott right. calling defensive plays adds yep. more pressure to his day-to-day and his performance. Yeah, and the reason I ask you that is because I want to make sure, like, I, even if the Bills, like, fall short again this year, I don't see any way that they're moving on from Sean McDermott, right? I mean, this no. ownership loves him, no. right? So I think from that side, from that type of pressure, there isn't. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, guys, I mean, this team has not reached, it, reached its goal. It's not reached its what they think is potential, win a Super Bowl. And I think anytime that happens, you get a little bit tighter. You get a little bit more pressure. You feel the heat a little bit more internally on yourself. He is calling plays um, now this year, but... I don't know if that has anything to do with Stefan Diggs' frustration or anything's tied together. I think Stefan Diggs could have had the most amazingly blissful offseason and came to one Bills drive with bells on and, you know, clapping and let's go and nobody had any issues and we would still have that same pressure, I think, right? I think that that's a separate thing. Now, you add in the Stefan Diggs stuff and you have to wonder, you know, where everybody is and, you know, their kind of um, way of thinking to get to the ultimate goal, because I think that's what the root of this is, guys. The root of this to me is, and I don't know the specifics, we, like we said, but the root of this to me is that everyone wants the same thing, to win a Super Bowl. But obviously, not everyone has the exact same way they think to go about it. You know, whatever that is for Stefan Diggs, and he might feel that other people aren't doing the same thing or the same way he wants to, or, or Sean McDermott, or Josh Allen may think that. And I think... What I, until we know how all that inter, intertwines, I think that's the root of it. But at the end of the day, the end result is they all want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, Steve Tasker, I don't know if you heard it on his show, but had an unbelievable rant. We played it a few times. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, he's he's been in there. He was on the bickering bills. And, Sal, I'll just ask this because, again, we don't know exactly what was said. But, but for a player, <clears throat> pardon me, of the status of Stefan Diggs, who has seen it, maybe disagrees with some things that is good, does he have the right to go into the head coach's office and just kind of lay it all out there um, at this point of the year? Are you fine if that is indeed how it went down? I think every player has that right. I think that's good coaching and leadership to allow that to happen. I, I think especially when you have one of your elite players who's upset about something. I think that Sean McDermott would be doing a disservice to any player if he said, you can't come to my office and, and do that. Um, I, I think we're still wondering, though, what the genesis of that conversation was and who was involved. Even Sean failed to give specifics on that. Um, when Adisa Bakari, Stefan's agent, you know, told Adam Schefter who tweeted out that Stefan had been there and talked to the head coach and the GM. Then we know that, you know, a couple people were involved. Sean talked about those two guys. And then, yeah, we got to a certain point where he said, we all needed a break and some space. Who's all, what is it? My, my question still remains with Sean McDermott, the, for lack of a better word here, target of what Stefan Diggs wanted to talk about, or was he a mediator in that as well? Because I just still don't know that. I think there's a lot of assumptions being made based on what he said, but we still don't know who was involved and what the genesis was and what each party's you know, role was in this. On top of all of it, you actually have a couple of days worth of practices there and I'd say a fairly significant injury to Dawson Knox. What do we know about that injury? Does it feel like it's it's significant? Are we going to be okay for, for the start of training camp with Dawson Knox? And the next time we see this team, it'll be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would think so. I, I didn't seem like anything. I mean, the, the telltale sign for me is he was out there walking around yesterday. They, if there was anything serious, he would not have been out there yesterday at all. They're not going to keep him around the players a chance to get rolled up on. Uh, he'd be in training room rehab doing some different things. Um, so the fact that Dawson was out there walking around, he had like a long wrap or sleeve on his leg and still walking, smiling, tells me that I'm sure everything's going to be fine. They did sign a tight end today, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Gugamos, but you know that more is because Zach Davidson was placed on IR. That has nothing to do with Dawson, but um, as far as my knowledge, and I would think because of what I just said. So, yeah, I don't think it's anything significant. I think they got out of this um, this ma- mandatory minicamp OTA healthy other than that. So, obviously, we'll monitor that. I don't think it's anything to worry about six weeks from now when they open training camp. And then we'll um, we'll see about Von Miller. I think that's the other one, the other one. And, oh, well, Jordan Phillips, too. Jordan Phillips, I'm sorry, he was working with trainers for the last you know eight weeks on the side, never did anything at the workouts, but he was there. And he was always working with trainers, so obviously that's something to you know monitor as they approach uh, training camp in July as well. Yeah, Sal Capaccio uh, joining us as we do have some camp battles here. Some would say the offensive line. I've got my eyes on middle linebacker. And Sal, let me just kind of throw out the disclaimer and just kind of reset for everyone that if you're covering practice, uh, you're not allowed to report on who's with the ones and who's with the twos. So yeah. I'm not trying to mislead you. I'll just kind of uh, just say here, how would you assess right now that middle linebacker position? Because I could see Dorian Willie, like like if he comes in and shines, like he could take it. Maybe you go the safe route with a guy that's been here. Maybe it's AJ Klein. I don't know. Like you're there. Like how would you assess that competition? My assessment would be that it's going to be a long play. Um, I think both that and cornerback two are going to be positions that we're not going to know the starter probably until the week one of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we see several different guys there uh, through preseason, through training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if three different 
preseason games, we see three different starting middle linebackers, to be honest with you guys. I think they're going to play this out as long as possible and give everyone every chance. I don't think they're going to name a starter or even want to do that because of competition purposes and keeping everybody sharp and letting it play out as long as possible to make sure they make the absolute right decision. So I could see any number of these guys um, in that spot, whether it's Tyrell Dodson, who has the experience, as you said, and I think might be the forgotten, overlooked guy here, to be quite honest with you. Like, I think Tyrell Dodson could very well wind up as the starting middle linebacker. We'll see. Or it's one of the uh, younger guys, Terrell Bernard, who's now a year into the system. Um, Dorian Williams, who is a rookie, and he's got, you know, that's a lot to ask of a rookie to come in here and be the middle linebacker right away and call play. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of different things that have to be considered. And don't discount how much it's got to be considered by Sean McDermott. He, he will always say this, but I want to reiterate how much knowing the defense, getting guys, the communication part, in and out of the huddle, recognition, things like that. That is very, very important, especially for McDermott, who's now going to be calling the defense here for the first time in Buffalo. Sal, uh, we haven't had a chance to speak to you since the Bills brought in uh, Cam Dantzler for that cornerback competition. And I know that he's got a little bit of a checkered past, a really good rookie season in Minnesota, lots of injuries. We talked to Matthew Collar, uh, the Purple Insider, last week, and he told us not to get our hopes up in terms of what Dantzler could be. Do, do you get a sense from just observing him uh, with the team that that he could be somebody that is in there that could push for that? Uh, you know, my my take on him is uh, at minimum here. At most, he could be maybe CB three, but yeah, I'm not there, and I'm not you know seeing how he looks compared to everybody else at the position. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's you know any anything other than a a depth piece at the bottom of the roster when okay. it's all said and done. Um, you know, you never know. You have, when when you go out there, and maybe he fits really well, and he has the the length and the size. He certainly has that. Um, so I, but I'd be surprised if we get to training camp and late in and. You know, he was fighting there for starting reps. I mean, that's a that's a crowded room right there, and there's some talent there, and there's some high assets there, right? You have Dane Jackson, who's been starting for a while and was CB1 last year while Travis White was out. You have Kyrie Elam there, who was their first-round pick last year, and then you have Christian Benford, who beat out Kyrie Elam last year. I mean, this is a tough spot, I think. And I'll tell you this, guys, the guy I think is not getting enough love that we start – I want you to keep his name, Jamarcus Ingram. They really like Jamarcus mm. Ingram a lot. And he's, he's tall and lengthy, and, you know, I think that's a guy that might be – getting a little bit more run through training camp as we go on. Yeah. Sal, we've talked about Von Miller this offseason, and he spoke this week. You were at the press conference. I just kind of marvel that he's just kind of thrown it out there. He says he's going to be week one. Is I don't know, is this a load management issue? Is it a, hey, let's tap the brakes? Or do you, do you really leave the decision up to Von Miller? Are we just getting comfortable with the fact that Von Miller says a lot of things? Yeah, maybe that too. I just wouldn't count anything out with Von Miller. I guess that's what it comes down to for me. I think Von Miller could just basically very well be um, out there, you know, during training camp at some point. He says he needs reps. He says during training camp he needs reps, and he wants to be out there. And, okay, and that, that, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that he's going to be start on, starting on Pup, and then at some point they do that, and then he wants to be out there week one. I do think, though, by signing Leonard Floyd, that's a really good indication that they're preparing for giving themselves insurance and with or without Von Miller, I think Leonard Floyd will play. Don't get me wrong, but I think that signing is a really good indication that they're prepared to start the season without Von Miller, Von Miller if they have to, and they have somebody there they're comfortable with that can play that role. All right. So I listened to your show, right? And I, I heard this bit like, 
Von Miller saying 2015, that's the best defense ever of all time. Like, does Von, he can't really believe that. He does believe it, but, I mean, look at it, guys. They do have, they were the, that year, they won the Super Bowl. They had the fourth least points allowed, the least yards allowed in the league. I don't think they're the best defense ever. But for someone who played on that defense to say that certainly doesn't surprise me. And they were really, really good and way better. I went back and looked. I don't believe they're the number one defense, but they were even better than I thought they were going back and looking at those stats. Mm. Sal, um, with the OTA portion of the uh, schedule out of the way now, we look forward to the Bills coming into to Pittsburgh for Buffalo Bills training camp, St. John Fisher. And today, I, I just couldn't help but notice across my feed that there's a handful of teams announcing the dates of their open practices. Are we going to get something from the Buffalo Bills here over the course of the next week or so? What do you think? Oh, I think so. I thought today we might get it, guys, to be quite honest with yeah. you. Today was um, a day that I thought we could see um, you know, the schedule come out. It didn't happen. Uh, the, last year, if I remember correctly, if I had it right, last year was the day, the day of the last day of minicamp that got canceled today. was the day that the um, schedule came out. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's tomorrow and definitely early next week at the latest I would think just based on prior operation yeah sal cannot wait to have you out here and uh oh by the way uh enjoy your uh, gritting my teeth enjoy your parade because <laughs> if there's a dividing line between rochester and buffalo sports fans i think it's that i think it's, it's bandits yeah. versus night orange obnoxious oh yeah. sorry yeah we are heading there now we're just pulling up downtown uh, my son Max and I, he's a huge lacrosse fan, Bandits fan, um, and we are going to the parade, the party, and then the parade. And the parade, actually, what it is, is it goes from the arena where they play and the Sabres play, KeyBank Center, over to the Bisons game, which is not far, a couple blocks. Yeah. And from there, it will be lacrosse night at the Bisons game tonight. Smart. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the time, man, and uh, and man, you, you're bringing Max along with it as well. That's uh, oh, that's great. It's all about him, man. Uh, He's bringing me along. Automatic. I love right, it. Wait a second, like Max, second favorite team, Nighthawks, buddy. <laughs> listen to Come this on, guy. Come on, they're lobbying Listen to this sales guy putting on a pitch. <laughs> Appreciate the time, Sal. Enjoy. You got it, guys. Darius Sacapaccio covering the Buffalo Bills for WGR in Buffalo on his way to the Buffalo Bandits Victory Parade Championship Parade. Hmm. He did bring up one good point. Um, well, he brought up a lot of good points, but one that hadn't crossed my mind. Like, when Diggs is talking, is it at McDermott? Or is McDermott just kind of the mediator in this? Like, in other words, was it a coach? Let's say, for example, it's one of the coaches, or it's this, or it's something the player. like, Or was it directly pointing the finger at McDermott? Like, what, what would offend Sean McDermott greater? When Sean McDermott used, we all, we all, yeah, it was everybody involved, right? Needed to kind of cool off. And if if it's true that they did indeed get together after Tuesday's practice and hash more things out in in advance of him being out on the field Wednesday, then great. Yeah, but I don't think it's over, and I don't think it will be over and, until they win a championship. Well, who called this meeting now? That that's also part of this too, and it, it could have been Diggs, and and maybe McDermott's smart enough, knowing this might not go good. Yeah, yeah, Brandon, come on in here. Of Somebody course. else, come on in. Of here. course, yeah. yeah, take that meeting. You have yeah. to. Yeah, you have to. But you you want others there to weigh in.
Other news and notes from around the NFL to get to next. We'll uh, serve up some NFL appetizers here in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.